Hello and welcome to October Surprise, a podcast created for citizens by citizens in Pennsylvania's new 16th Congressional District. I'm Jim Roddy, a lifelong resident of Northwest Pennsylvania and your host for today's podcast. A little bit of background on our podcast. October Surprise features a series of interviews designed to educate listeners in Erie, Crawford, Mercer, Lawrence, and Butler counties on key issues that face both our district and our two congressional candidates, incumbent Mike Kelly and challenger Ron Nicola. On each podcast, we'll also discuss ethical leadership, which unfortunately is in rare supply in Washington, D.C. in 2018. We'll do a lot of talking today and throughout the month of October on this podcast, but our ultimate goal is action. For democracy to work, you have to participate. We can't be bystanders. So at a minimum, that means being an informed voter. You can help by sharing episodes of October Surprise with your family and at least one or two friends, those on-the-fence voters, people who might not typically vote in midterm elections. The ultimate action is to vote on Election Day. Let's surprise the special interest groups, the political action committees, and the big money when we take back our district on Tuesday, November 6th, and once again, put people first. And finally, I'm not a political veteran or a campaign strategist. I don't have all the answers, and a lot of times I'm hearing from a lot of those strategists, they don't have all the answers either. But together, we're going to learn what's happening in our district by talking with elected officials, grassroots leaders, and extraordinary citizens from PA-16 in each episode. Our special guest today is Kathy Rents. She is the founder of Lawrence County Action, a group focused on educating the community about civic and political issues on local, state, and national levels, and to organize voters to influence policy and increase voter participation. She's also the secretary of the Lawrence County Democratic Party, and she was featured earlier this year in a New York Times article titled, These Women Mostly Ignored Politics, Now Activism Is Their Job. Thanks for your time today, Kathy, and welcome to October Surprise. Thank you, Jim. Happy to be here. Great. And so I'm interested in your personal journey that the New York Times uh, outlined. And the New York, uh, the Newcastle News uh, gave a recap of that article, and they described you as, quote, a mildly attentive Republican for most of her life who transformed herself into the spark plug behind a grassroots effort to restore power to Democrats. So I guess my general question is, what the heck happened? Well, um, November 8th is my birthday, and in 2016, I did not have a very happy birthday. Um, I thought Donald Trump's candidacy was a joke, and then it turned out to have not a very funny punchline. Um, I was just horrified that this was happening in our country, and after mourning for a while, like many of us did, I went to the Women's March in Washington, and I really got fired up. And in looking for Democrats in Lawrence County, I was pretty unsuccessful. So that's when I decided to start a group of our own. And Lawrence County Action, in your opening, you mentioned action and how important it is. We decided that we have to be ready to act on all kinds of problems facing our community. Uh, so thank you for that. First, I, I apologize that uh, now your birthday has been ruined uh, forever because you left uh, yes. two, two things that uh, that happened on those days. Uh, can you tell me how did you move away from the Republican Party and towards the Democratic Party? What what caused you to do that? Um, I'm not a big TV watcher, but one day I happened to be um, Oprah happened to be on, and I saw this young man interviewed. And um, I was so enthralled, and I called my sister, and I said, 
I've just seen somebody who would make a great president. So it was me who discovered Barack Obama. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I was just so interested in him that, frankly, I changed my party registration so that I could vote for him in the primary when he ran against Hillary in the primary. And um, so then I, I followed his presidency, not really closely, because I felt very comfortable with him as president. And um, But that's how I became a Democrat. And then as time went on, I realized that my own values and everything aligned much more with the Democratic Party. However, the Republican Party of today is not what I knew as the Republican Party back then. Uh, And how so? Like I could uh, insert, I think, a few reasons why you would say, but I want to hear it uh, from you. How how is it different? Well, um, the word conservative, um, to me, I always thought that they were very fiscally responsible, that they they really worried about our national debt going up. Many that I knew in the Republican Party are were very, um, oh, they were kind people. They were good people. Um, although I didn't care for George Bush's politics, I always knew that he was a good man. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden, I find my Republican friends mute when it comes to saying, well, that's not right. Why is he saying that? Um those aren't the values that I, the values exhibited by um, the people in the current administration are not the values that I see personally exhibited in my Republican friends. And I wonder how they can still align themselves with such a party. Uh, it's interesting you bring that up because that is one of the main reasons that I started this podcast. It wasn't so much issues-based, but it was, hey, wait a second, when we have, uh, you know, leadership cannot remain silent when bad things are happening to people, like the separating families at the border, when it comes to taking health care away from people who aren't able to protect themselves, uh, voter suppression, uh, the, just the, the constant lying that goes on. It just seems like now is the time that we need leaders to speak up. Now is the time that we need citizens to speak up. And uh, I guess I've, I've experienced the same thing as well in terms of, you know, uh, when John Edwards, you know, had his issues, Democrats rejected him. Anthony Weiner had his issues. Democrats rejected him. But now it seems like he said people are like, well, I'm just going to, you know, cover up my ears and cover my eyes and hope this thing goes goes away. Yes. And when you go out socially with with friends, you don't dare bring up politics. Um, You know, when I'm out with friends, I like to talk about things that matter to me, things that concern me, um, and you you just don't dare bring them up, or socially you would be ostracized. In, at least in my circle. Right. And so let's tie in with this. The gist of this podcast isn't Republicans bad, Democrats perfect by, by any means. But again, oh, no. it, it's But citizens in northwest Pennsylvania and western Pennsylvania are dissatisfied with where our current congressional representative, Mike Kelly, is steering our district. And I guess what are your biggest frustrations with his leadership? Is it the cheerleading of the Trump administration despite, you know, the, the lack of values or the wrong values? Um, what are your well, biggest is, frustrations? That is definitely one of them. After refusing to do any kind of town hall or 
even even participation with the general public on a small scale. Um, he he votes against um, health care and he votes against uh, votes for a budget that would cut funds from um, poor people. And he comes to our community and serves food at the rescue mission um, and gets his picture in the paper for caring about those downtrodden individuals. Um, that that bothered me mm -hmm. a lot when I saw that. Um, his his unwillingness to talk with the people, his only showing up in election year and trying to get his picture in the paper for doing all these good things that we don't see him for the other other years. Um, and yes, his aligning himself with all of Trump's unsavory policies. Uh, no matter what, no matter how it impacts our district, it's just uh, it's cheerleading. Um, and, yeah. and so to our listeners, so Kathy referenced about uh, Mike Kelly and his lack of town halls. I'm looking at the Erie uh, Reader here from earlier this year. They said Kelly has favored teletown halls over in-person meetings, calling them, quote, the easiest and safest way. And he also cites one's ability to sit at the kitchen table with a cup of coffee and a clean restroom nearby. Uh, so that is his approach and why he doesn't have town halls. So you can run that through your logic filter and uh, you can tell me if that, that makes sense or not. Um, uh, Kathy, so I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania. You're in Lawrence County, which is the, the Newcastle area. So we're about 100 miles yeah. apart from each other. What are you seeing in the Newcastle area? What are some of the biggest challenges? What are some of the biggest issues facing uh, your community down there that uh, you'd want to talk about today? Well, I'm, I'm definitely not um, an expert on local politics because um, or local problems because I have I have not followed it very closely. Mm -hmm. Like so many, I was concerned with raising a family, and um, I, I felt the politicians were doing their job. Um, right now, we have a, a community that's trying to generate more interest in the in the public sector to. Oh, take care of the town garden, for example. Improve the looks of downtown. Recruit new businesses to downtown. Um, and finding uh, good candidates to run for office so that we can have really good leadership in our community. Um, there is an increased interest in writing letters to the editor in the paper. I, I've noticed that. Um, we have a, new, a group in town called New Visions that has um, – like a downtown block party every Friday night. We're just trying to get citizens out so that they're more concerned about what goes on in their community. As for Lawrence County Action, we have people canvassing um, neighborhoods, trying to convince people of the importance of this November election, the importance of getting out to vote. We knock on both Republican and Democratic doors, hoping to convince people that they just have to take an active part in their government from the local level clear on up through the federal level. Got it. Thank you for that. And uh, you're a former school teacher. Uh, I guess can yes. you give a little bit of that background and then just talk about from an uh, education standpoint, um, you know, what you see some of the issues that are facing the area down there from your perspective? I was um, a home ec teacher at Newcastle High School for just a few years, and then I took time off to raise my family, and I went back um, after studying the French language, I went back to teach for 12 years at Laurel High School um, in French. 
I love education, and I think our public schools are doing a, fin a fantastic job. When I hear them criticized, I think of my fellow teachers at Laurel and how many of them stayed well beyond the workday to prepare for the next day's classes. I um, know their dedication. I can hear their concerns in the lunchroom. And then when I hear our candidate for governor, Scott Wagner, talk about his support for Betsy DeVos and wanting to privatize education, um, I just, it, that just enrages me. We, our public education system in America offers education to all kinds of students, rich students, poor students, um, very, very intelligent students, and those who struggle to learn. Um, we have to, we are charged with educating everybody. And if we go to a privatized system, um, somebody's going to be left behind, that's for sure. And so I, I feel strongly that we cannot allow this to happen. One of the things that interested me in Ron Nicola was that he so supported early childhood education. I'm a secondary teacher, so I don't know a whole lot about that, but I did raise four daughters. And I know that um, their early education was very good, and you know, it helped them along the way. I'd like to see that for all students. Great. Thank you for that. And uh, in another episode of October Surprise, we talk with Jerry Missed, uh, who was a longtime administrator, uh, principal at Erie Central High School. And the big thing he was pushing for is resources, where he felt like you shouldn't have winning school district and losing school districts. And I think that kind of ties into what you just said, Kathy, in terms of we shouldn't be picking which kids are going to succeed and then, uh, you know, starving resources to other kids. Is that something that you see? is important that every school district has to be given a good shot so no matter where you live, you have access to quality education. Is that something that you're fighting for? Oh, oh yes, that is so important. And after I uh, retired from teaching, I spent several years um, working with uh, a textbook company going into schools and showing them how to use the, the technology associated with those textbooks. Um, and especially in the New Jersey, New York area, I saw schools where um, an entire um, school system was sharing one set of class books, uh, classroom textbooks. Hmm. It was it was pathetic, really, watching these teachers try to try to do a lot with so little. And even um, I was in a school district in Pittsburgh that was having the same the same struggles. So they had one computer between the two classrooms. Fortunately, that was not the case at Laurel. We were such a technological paradise out there. Um, I think it was from the, the foresight of um, people who, who really knew what was needed for today's students. But yes, I think that there are, are some students that are very neglected because of the lack of resources. And we have to even that out. Right, and it doesn't mean disadvantage uh, one district for another. It's that uh, there's a lack of uh, funding that's going on, and that really seems to be the main problem is that, as you mentioned, Betsy DeVos and Mike Kelly supports her and, and all those things is 
siphoning money away from the public schools and shifting it more towards a privatization, which is going to help out some of the friends of theirs who have uh, who have started these districts. That that seems oh. to be what the what the imbalance is. It doesn't mean uh, harm another district. You know, lower their standards. We've got to have high standards in every school district. Yes, and we. Um, I mentioned how um, the foresight of people at Laurel. Um, enable the increase in technology in that district. Um, when, when Betsy DeVos, who has no experience in the classroom, she has really no experience with public education. Um, when she was put in charge, I thought, who's running the store here? This mm -hmm. is crazy. And when Mike Kelly just, you know, dittos everything she says, that's really bad. Pennsylvania several years ago had problems with cuts in ed education, and Governor Wolf has restored a lot of that money um, to our education system, and we don't want to see that lost again. So um, when Scott Wagner comes out and talks about uh, his support for Bet Betsy DeVos's type of um, program, I think we want to be very careful to avoid that happening again in Pennsylvania. Great. And you're wondering how did Betsy DeVos get to become Secretary of Education? Uh, over the years, her family has donated reportedly uh, $200 million uh, to the Republicans. So just to answer your question in terms of <laughs> how did she move to the front of the line for getting that position, unfortunately, that's how politics have, have been working uh, in D.C. Um, Kathy, I know another thing that you're passionate about, and you brought up earlier about how uh, Mike Kelly just says ditto to whatever you know Trump and De DeVos say, is checks and balances. Um, and so that's something that uh, you say you have conversations with, um, you know, I guess before you used to be a Republican uh, and now Republicans today about making sure there's a check and balance. Can you talk about how important that is um, and why you're interested in that and, and, and why you think that should cause people to, uh, to vote for change this November? Well, I took, I took our system of checks and balances in our country um, very much for granted. I, I thought it was just part of our government. But all of a sudden we have um, an executive branch that seems to own the legislative branch. I can't believe that all those, all those senators and representatives on the Republican side really believe in their hearts that what Trump is doing is right, but yet they won't speak up. Um, so they seem to be owned by the executive branch, and now the judicial branch is um, also falling under the control of the judicial, of the executive branch. I don't think that's the way that our government was designed. And so I am very interested in electing good people, just good people, who will speak up for what is right and um, speak up for the truth. And I think that Republicans and Democrats alike need to be concerned with this. Um, we need to get people in there who are concerned that um, the truth is told, that right will prevail, that good is done. Um, I think we need a, a return of empathy in this country for people um, crossing the border, fearing for their lives. Yes, I think we need an immigration policy, but don't we have any empathy? Um, that could be us. So I, I know that we need to restore that system of checks and balances, and I think we do that by electing good candidates who will stand on their own two feet and speak from their own moral conviction about 
um, what should happen in government. And uh, the good people thing kind of ties in with what their philosophy uh, is as well from a corporate donation standpoint. I mean, I, I just called up as you were talking. Part of the reason Marco Rubio, I think, hasn't spoken out against Betsy DeVos is her family has donated about $100,000 uh, to his campaign. And so that makes people completely change their priorities when somebody is funding what they do. And Ron DiNicola, uh, you know, is not taking uh, corporate PAC money. And so I guess that gives him an opportunity to – uh, remain a good person or remain true to the district and the citizens as opposed to being beholden to somebody who, who funds them. Oh, that is so right. And we need to get rid of all this money in politics. When, when it gets close to election time and I look at um, the money spent on awful attack ads, I think we could have fed the world hungry <laughs> ten times over by all this money being spent. It's just such a waste. We need to get that out of politics, and I think that's one of Ron's um, issues that he hopes to address. Right, and a first step with that is getting change in Washington and folks who are going to be a check and balance. Uh, and even if, you know, it was, I'm guessing you would feel the same way if it was simply all Democrats in one party and they are simply, uh, you know, not being a check and balance on each other. I'm guessing you would feel the same way. Um, you know, that's what I would. Least, yeah. I would if they weren't speaking up. For what we all know is right, um, you know, I was um, out kayaking with a friend last week, and I said, isn't it, she was a Republican, and I said, isn't it just awful about these, these kids that are separated from their parents? And she said, oh, I agree. Well, I know my good Republican friends agree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that's not what they want, and I would expect... Um, good people to step up and say, you know, we have to do what's right in this country. Exactly. We have to do what's right for democracy and what's right for humankind, not just simply, oh, yeah. if they're not American, uh, I don't care about them. There was actually an elected official, I can't remember who, made some sort of a, a comment about, um, you know, well, those kids aren't from America, so we shouldn't care as much about them. And I always remind people, Jesus wasn't an American, right? And Jesus was a refugee, and how would you want him uh, to be treated? We're, we're all, all God's children. That's true. That's true. And um, another thing that has alarmed me greatly is um, the lack of um, um, the lack of sounds coming out of the church, uh, decrying some of the things that have gone on. Um, I've been very disappointed as as a Christian, as a longtime Christian. I'm very disappointed that the church has not spoken out more on some of the the wrongs that are going on today. Great. And uh, we'll end it there. Thank you, Kathy, very much for your time today, and thanks for your efforts uh, to volunteer and get folks uh, more active in, uh, in politics and in, in their community. We really appreciate that, and I'm, I'm sure the people of Lawrence County do as well. Okay. You're certainly welcome. And uh, one last word is make sure all of the people that you know get out to vote November 6th.
Super. Thank you. Our podcast today is over, but there's still more that we need to do. As we talked about at the start, and as Kathy just alluded to, for democracy to work, we can't be bystanders. We have to participate. And you can help by sharing this episode with your family and at least one or two on the fence voters who live in our district, and then by voting on Election Day. Let's surprise the special interest groups, the political action committees, and the big money when we take back our district on Tuesday, November 6th, and once again put people first. I'm Jim Roddy. Thanks for listening to October Surprise.